This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host, Heather Walker. Hey there, it is Heather Walker, and today we're going to talk about holidays and traveling. These two activities are going to be something that our family in particular is going to be experiencing quite a bit of over the next couple of months. We've got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We are also going on a family um, vacation. We will also be visiting family for a couple of weeks and being um, out of town for a whole two weeks um, over a Christmas break. We also have three birthdays and then clearly countless amounts of um, friend parties and class activities at school and tons of fun things. Along with all of those fun things, though, as a parent with a child with ADHD and or anxiety can come a lot of extra stress. And so in ways to find or looking for ways to win with ADHD means that the family as a whole wins with ADHD. I was talking with a friend the other day um, and her son is having a hard time and she made the comment that when there is somebody in your family that is struggling, the whole family feels it. And that is completely true. Another phrase that is heard often is that if mom's not happy, ain't nobody happy. That's really the same for anybody though. And our family unit is highly impacted by the mood or the energy that is created within our family. And so one of the things that have been hard for our family um, and that we're getting better at, um, but we still get caught off guard every once in a while is specifically holidays and massive changes in our, our schedule. So October, November, December, and maybe even a little bit into January for us is going to be um, the next three months of us working really hard to maintain the things that help us to be successful as a family and then allow each person in our family to be successful. We have two kids with ADHD and two kids with anxiety. So we deal with um quite a bit of this, and they all present in different ways. And so I want to talk about holidays first. Holidays can be really hard. You have a lot of stimulation coming at you, as everybody does. Um, As parents, you have an additional stress, whether it be financial financial stress, scheduling stress, um, just the sheer number of activities that are going on, um, maybe uh, unvoiced expectations that you feel that you need to meet. Um, your kids have school activities. You have maybe extra obligations at work, but also wanting to take time off. Um, and then there can potentially be family stress of meeting with large groups of family can be really hard as well for a number of different reasons. Our kids also feel that they feel um on the positive side here, they feel the excitement of the the season that we're going into, right? They're excited about that trip. They're excited to see family and like grandparents. They're excited to um, have the traditions of Thanksgiving and Christmas or even birthday parties or what you do as a family. And with that excitement comes some of the highest of highs 
and then is oftentimes immediately followed by the lowest of lows. And so I'll give an example of that. Our daughter, Emily, loves Halloween. She loves getting dressed up. She loves um, playing little tricks on people. She loves going trick-or-treating and having fun. Um, and when she gets super excited about these things, her energy is just so fast and she is so excited. And it usually is quickly followed by her kind of like almost falling off of a cliff um, emotionally from that highest of high down to maybe even even like an everyday norm, but usually she goes a little bit lower than that. And so as a parent, I want to help her have the best experience she can with that and minimize that downside as much as possible. So some ways that we can do that around holidays, and let's continue with this example of Halloween for Emily, is we want to communicate expectations of what the day or the evening is going to look like. So for example, our traditional Halloween activities kind of look like this. We either have school or even if we don't, we usually have dinner around 5.30, 6 o'clock. Most often we have chili or we bring in pizza. So we would want to say, okay, we're going to have dinner around six. We're having chili for dinner. Then we're going to go get ready and get our costumes on. Um, we'll probably hand out candy to the younger kids in our neighborhood. The um, much the littles, the littlest of littles come earlier um, around that 5.30 to 7.30 timeframe before it starts to get too dark. So maybe we hand out candy for a little while and then we're my kids are a little bit older. They'll go trick-or-treating, you know, from 7.38 until maybe 10. And then say, so we're going to be at home at 10. And then we're going to start winding down. We're going to go through our candy. We'll tell a few stories. And then we'll start getting ready for bed. And so by communicating that schedule of what that's going to look like allows her to know and recognize as we start to move through each of these things, that it's time to transition. So those with ADHD have a much more difficult time going from one activity to another, whether it's being from inactive to active or from one active activity to another one. It's really hard to stop those processes on, I am out trick-or-treating, having fun, to now I'm going to come home. It's going to be a little bit more quiet. I'm going to share some fun stories about what happened with my friends. And then I'm going to transition into even more quiet time of getting ready for bed. But by sharing that information, they know what to expect. So when you go to prompt them, that it eliminates that um, uh, those upset feelings of I'm not done. I was hoping that I could keep going. I was expecting that I still had more time doing this. So along with that is that we need to give proper promptings to say, you know, it's 9.50, we'll be coming home in 10 minutes or having an alarm on their phone that says it's 9.50, time to come home or start working your way home. So one of the other ways as you have older kids that have phones is to walk through this schedule and to set up an alarm on their phone to remind them or prompt them. Um, we also use Disrupt ADHD for this and set up text messages to go off at certain times to say, hey, it's time to start working your way home. So you can use those things so that they now know, oh, I now am aware of what time it is because time blindness is real and I need to start working my way there. And because you've already talked about it and because you have this prompt that's happening beforehand, it allows their brain to transition. 
Another thing that um, I think is important to remember around holidays is that there are a lot of um, different types of stimulus items in the environment. So you have a typical routine. So whether you think that you have a really um, rigid routine or that you're a pretty laid back routine, you still have a routine that is an everyday type of thing, right? Whether it's super intentional or not. And I think it would be pretty easy to recognize that our holidays are outside of that typical routine. And so you have different people that you're spending time with, maybe um, how loud they are, maybe um, just the sheer number of people that they are around, say at Thanksgiving or Christmas or at Christmas parties um, or even birthday parties. Um, and that that is something that impacts them. And knowing where their triggers are as you've you know, been around them over the years, um, knowing what those types of triggers are can be really helpful as well as you talk about what does Thanksgiving or Christmas look like. So um, our daughter, Emily, is really overstimulated by sounds. And a lot of times it won't be loud to me. This actually happened to us today. We were somewhere and she's like, it's suddenly really loud. And I had noticed a small uptick in it being louder, but not to the degree that it impacted her. And so just remember that sounds and other types of um, things in our environment can overstimulate them um, or be a lot more obvious to them than it can be to you. And so if you know this about your your ADHD kiddo, you can bring headphones. So like today we forgot the headphones. So that was a really hard thing. Um, but making sure that you bring that, if you know that making sure that they're fed um, with nutritious foods, not just um, the holiday type foods that are around, or maybe even just foods that they really like that, you know, that um, they'll be excited about. Um, by doing that, you can help make sure that their blood sugars are in a good place. Um, nobody, <laughs> I firmly believe this, that there isn't anybody that is their best self when they're hungry um, and making sure that they've had plenty of water and things like that. Because when we get busy with the holidays, we kind of forget some of those things. Um, so knowing what their triggers are, if you know that there's a certain person that is especially triggering for them, maybe you could work on activities that, um, maybe allows them to be, um, away from them a little bit more to give them a break, right? So one of the things that I tell my kids all the time is that we need to be nice to everybody, but it doesn't mean we have to be best friends with everybody. And I believe that includes some of our family members. And so if you have um, a child that has a really hard time with a certain person that is at these activities, um, you can work on you know, bringing a special game for them or an activity for them, or maybe taking them for a walk. Um, I think that's a great activity, especially over Christmas and Thanksgiving. Like we all eat so much. And I know for myself, I like to just go for a walk, get a little bit of a break from all the noise that's happening, but also kind of move um, from all of the food that has been eaten, which we all enjoy. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is when we travel. So we need to think about traveling of what are, what's the way we're going to travel. So my family tends to travel, um, 
via flying more than driving just because of where we tend to fly or tend to go. Um, our family lives, um, I think about a 24 to 26 hour drive away. So we tend to fly and go visit there. And because we do this often, we've kind of got a pretty good routine down of what that looks like. Um, we make sure that we have plenty of time. So there's nothing that sparks our family from having little tiffs and creating just a bad energy around the whole trip is if we are running late because then tempers are um, our patience is lowered and um, snarky comments come out a lot faster. And so one of the best ways for us to have a great traveling day is to make sure that we have plenty of time. And the more prepared we are for the day of travel, the better off we are. So making sure that we pack, um, you know, a day or two beforehand, or at least have a plan of what we're going to pack, making sure that we get up plenty of time and that we arrive at the airport with plenty of time. There's nothing more stressful than getting to the airport and finding long lines to, um, you know, go through TSA or um, things like that. Um, trying to find a parking spot in the economy parking sometimes can be really stressful as you drive up and down row after row looking for a space and you watch the shuttles keep driving by. And if you're running behind that energy that is created at that time, that stress that's added, um, our ADHD kids, and actually I think all people feel that. I know I do. I feel that tense up and then um, just causes that much more stress. And then we tend to be less kind to those around us. So creating extra time is probably the best piece of advice that I can give. The next thing is, is just making sure that they know the routine. So because we travel um, by flying often, we tend to go with one airline more often than not. One time we went with a different airline, we got a special deal and I was super excited about it. Um, our flights were really, really inexpensive, but it was through another airline. And my oldest two kids made comments about, I just wish we were flying with our normal airline. I know what to expect. I know where to go. I know when they're going to do certain things and I know exactly what this is going to look like. And so that anxiety around travel and it being outside of our typical flying routine was really hard for them. And so being mindful of that, that um, if you have a consistent routine of what it looks like when you travel, letting them know that you're going to be flying with a different airline, or maybe say, we're not going to be flying this time, we're going to be driving. I know for us, we drove down um, about four hours away from our house a, a few years ago. And um it was about four hours and our flights when we fly back home is usually about three to four hours, depending on which direction we're going. And even though the time frame was about the same, the way that they acted on the plane was really, really good because they know what to expect. They play on their tablet, they draw, they color, they um, do little crafts or things like that. But in the car, it was a completely different situation. And I'm not sure why it was different in their minds, but it was constant complaining and whining and asking questions about when we were going to be there. And, oh my gosh, we're never going to get out of the car. This is taking so long, right? Even though the time frame is the same. And so it really is kind of the same though in travel. Like you need to sit here, you need to do something in your space that's quiet and things like that. But being able to communicate hey, this is going to be just like when we're on the plane, or this will be just like when we do this, um, so that they have a proper expectation as to what that looks like. 
my next piece of advice for traveling is making sure that you have those activities, um, making sure that their tablets are charged, that their headphones are there, that if they have Bluetooth headphones, that they're charged, that they have, you know, um, maybe a paper craft or um, maybe cards or a little mini game. Um, so that preparation of having those things and along with that preparation is making sure that they have yummy snacks. So I think that's something that just goes for travel. Um, when I was younger, we would always... Um, pack a snack bucket that we would have. And as we would travel, we could get out crackers or drinks or little treats that weren't normal for us to have in everyday kind of normal situations. And so that was something that was exciting that we could look forward to while we traveled. Um, let's see here. I think that those are the biggest things. Um, I think the final thing that I have to say is, is that the less stressful we can make holidays and travel, um, the better off that we can be. Because when we make it less stressful for us as parents, we're able to show up as our best selves and allow our kids to also show up as their best self. And then that really is the opportunity for us to really win with ADHD and be able to enjoy the moment that we're in and build those really fun memories that was the whole point of the holiday or the travel anyway. So I wish you guys all of the luck with holidays and travel over the next few months, and I'm cheering you on. Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com slash learn more.